Welcome to Gateway Church's podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. What's up? What's up? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it is awesome to be here. Did you say laugh with me or at me when I was on TV? <laughs> One of those, um, yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Pastor, uh, for, for asking me to come. Uh, they did give me that piece of nerve in a jar, so I had that. They gave that to me as a gift, which I thought was cool. It's just a reminder to not blow my back out. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to take that home and cherish that. It is an honor to be here for the, I believe it's the Summer of Giants, uh, which is amazing. Um, Looking at the other speakers, I'm not, you know, I can't, uh, what did Paul say as one abnormally born? Uh, I came from reality TV, so I was not a big pastor or a speaker. But out of the group, I saw the photos, I believe I look the most like John the Baptist. So I crawled out of the woods <laughs> with my animal skins on, eating weird stuff, and I'm pointing people to Jesus. I'm going to take the same route that he did. Um, have you ever been asked uh, some dumb questions? Is that a dumb question? <laughs> I'm going to tell you I have. <laughs> uh, For sure, I've been asked some interesting questions. I'd say uh, I get a lot of questions all the time, especially since the television show. Uh, It's like, can we get a picture? That's a normal one. Um, I get this one a lot. Hey, has anyone ever told you you look just like one of those Duck Dynasty guys? (laughs) Believe it or not, I get that all the time. I get, hey, are you Zach Brown? Uh, (laughs) One of my favorites, I was at the Houston airport, and this lady's like screaming, hey, and she's running after me. And I turned around. I was like, wow, she really wants a picture. And she goes, ah, are you Zach Galifianakis? <laughs> to which I said no. <laughs> um, the one I get a lot recently is I'll have the younger next generation come up to me and go, oh, my gosh, are you Sadie Huff's dad? <laughs> and I say, I am. Sadie's here, and so I'm excited to be here. I was at a gas station um, uh, about a year ago, and I was coming out of the woods. I'm in camouflage. I walk in there. I was really uh, in a hurry, and she goes, hey, uh, has anyone ever told you you look just like one of those Duck Dynasty guys? I said, I get that all the time, and she said, I bet you do. She goes, I know one of them, and I said, oh, who do you know? And she said, Willie. I said, wow, what's he like? (laughs) Which is kind of risky, you never know. She said, oh, he's cool. We've been friends for a while. He comes in there all the time. He hunts near. I said, yeah, that's what I heard. And I walked out. Bye. (laughs) Isn't it sad when someone doesn't know you and they think they know you? That's kind of sad. In the history of greatest turns ever from a pulpit, I'm going to read a scripture now (laughs) that will be completely different, but it made me think of that, and it's what I want to talk about today. We'll start right here. Matthew 7 uh, says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Um, I did kind of think about that person who says, I know you, and I started thinking, man, when I get to heaven, I certainly want Jesus to know me for sure. But I realized one thing, and this is what I want to talk to you about today. If we want him to know us, we better be for sure we know him, right? We need to know who he is. So I was hunting in a small town in uh, Kansas. I was coming in on a, on a deer hunt. I got there a day early, and they were having a little Bible study before, a little men's group, and, and I wasn't leading it. My buddy said, hey, sit in with us. So I just sat there. I was listening, and uh, the guys were chit-chatting. They're reading verses and everything, and it was cool. And uh, there was a guy named Jake, and Jake said, uh, hey, guys, I'm so glad I came here tonight. He said, you know, I was heading to the bar I was going to try to pick up a gal for the night, but then I remembered there was a Bible study, and I came here, <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. This has been awesome. And it, the, the Holy Spirit moved on me and said, Willie, you need to talk to Jake. Um, now, sometimes I feel like, you know, we feel like the Spirit moves in such mysterious ways. This was not that mysterious. He was heading to a bar to look for a woman, and so it was easy for me to say, I think I need to talk to you. So we set this up. And my buddy set it up where I was going to hunt at his place. Jake was going to pick me up, and we were going to go and chit-chat on the ride. So he picks me up, and I mean, as soon as we got in that car, I started asking him a bunch of questions about his life. And we talked the whole way, and we pulled up to where I was going to hunt, and he, uh, he looks over, and he's just sitting there, and he said, Willie, I think I need to get baptized. And I said, that's awesome. Well, good, let's go right now. And he goes, no, 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 we can, I'll let you hunt. And I said, well, go find us some water somewhere back up in town. And he pointed at a little cow pond. He said, what about right there? Now, it's November and 18 degrees in Kansas. And I realized quickly, he doesn't know how this works, okay? <clears throat> I said, well, okay, if you want to go there, we can go there. He said, I'll go get some towels and stuff, and I'll be back. So I hunted. I didn't see any deer. Obviously, God kept the deer away because we couldn't be sidetracked with that kind of thing. And sure enough, Jake pulls back up. He's got me a pair of waders, which is awesome. And he says, you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm ready. And so I told him everything before we went down in there. And I said, here's what's going to happen. Here's what I'm going to say. We're going to make it real quick. And I said, Jake, I'm telling you, man, we, we get out there. You're going to die. And he said, I know. You told me the old self was going to die. I said, no, no, no. You're really going to die. We get in that water, it's going to be cold. <laughs> he said, I live here. I said, all right. So we start trudging out there. I get him up to baptize him, but I realize when, when they call this a cow pond, there's not a lot of water in it. The water's really shallow. Most of it is mud and cow manure. <laughs> but we're already there, right? <clears throat> so I get that sucker down. I get there, and I realize it wasn't enough water. I just shoved his face right into that manure. I don't know how bad his life was, but it must have been bad. And when he, when he came up out of there, it wasn't like doves lighting or anything like that. It, it wasn't even angelic. It looked like he had seen either the face of the Lord or the face of the devil, and he looked like he just walked across that water as he ran out of there. 
but he came to the Lord. He'll never forget it. His life was changed right there uh, in that cow pasture. I, I wrote a book this year, and it's stories like that. It's stories about just sharing our faith. How do we share our faith? How do we talk to others? And how do those kind of things happen? And I go through just some simple scriptures about stuff that I tell people, and that'll be in there. And basically, if you boil it down, I'm trying to get people Jesus. I want to get them Jesus no matter what. Because I know when Jesus comes in the equation, there can be life change right there, all right? I know that's the power of who I serve and who I follow, and that's Jesus. But the last thing I'm looking for is I'm looking for a changed life. I'm looking for then what? Then what? Up there in the scripture where I earlier said, who does the will of the Lord? How do we walk? It's not just the things that we're not supposed to do, but what about the good things that we can do and will do for Jesus Christ? That's that changed life. Because if we don't watch out, we, we get Jesus, we have a life change, and then all of a sudden it looks like it's way back in our past somewhere, and we're like, yeah, remember when we got really fired up? And I'm looking for that changed life that just keeps going. Think about Peter. Think about when Peter, when, when Jesus said, hey, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then we can actually read that changed life of Peter. It has its ups and its downs, but I mean, we, we see a life that is completely different. Think about Saul. That one's obvious, right? He was murdering Christians. He, he sees Jesus. He becomes a believer in Jesus. And then we watch that changed life. He writes letters, he preaches sermons, he goes to jail, he is sold out and living a changed life for Jesus. Now, not everybody takes him up on that. Remember when Jesus ran into the rich young ruler? This was a great guy. He had a great resume, probably better than mine. And when he got offered to live that changed life, what did he say? No way. I think about Zacchaeus. Jesus went to his house and he said, hey, look. I'm coming to your house. And Zacchaeus says, I'm ready to live a changed life. And Jesus looks at him and says, this is why I came, was to seek and save what was lost. Those kind of things excite me. It's seeing a life change, but then I love watching that changed life. Because see, a, changed, uh, a life change affects you. When you get Jesus Christ, that affects your life. And that's awesome. But a changed life affects everybody else. Then we're spreading it. Then we're passing it. Then we're passing it on. I love stories, and this is where we're going to camp out today. This is one of my favorite stories in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8. This is Philip. Uh, Philip's little journey. I don't know if you know about Philip. I love Philip. Uh, in fact, when I get to heaven, he'll probably be one of the first ones I go to see. Because I figure the lines will be really long for Peter and Paul and all those guys. So I'm going to run to Philip. I don't like waiting in long lines, so I'm going to go right there. And I got a lot of questions. And I want to know especially about this story. It's amazing. Acts chapter 8, we're going to read it and uh, uh, pay attention to this story because it's amazing. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kandak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. 
Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Amen. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. What a story. It's only two people in the story, but what a story. There's so much here uh, that I want to talk about. I can read it over and over and over, and I learned so much from that one little thing there about how you talk to people about their faith. Two people in the story. Now, here's a question. We're going to do a lot of questions today, questions for you. Here's a question for you. Which one do you resonate with in the story? Do you feel like you're more like the Ethiopian who you're trying to do the right things, but there's a lot of things you just don't really quite understand? Or do you feel more like Philip who's out just telling as many people as you can about the gospel, you're being bold and confident? That's something for you to think about as we talk today. And you may not even make that decision today. This could be throughout the summer. Let that sit on you. Because I feel like a lot of things, I think in my mind, are a lot of times are questions. I'm asking myself things all the time. Am I doing the right thing? Am I good? You know, and so questions will dominate that. I came to Dallas uh, about a month ago. I flew in uh, to the airport. It was really late at night, so it was like 3 in the morning, and I had to get an Uber car. And I'm hoping somebody that drives an Uber car is awake in Dallas to take me to the hotel I need to go to. And so sure enough, car pulls up. Guy's putting the luggage in, and uh, I get in the car, and I'm going to tell you all something. I've gotten in a lot of Uber cars in my life. I've never had this happen. There was worship music playing at 3 in the morning on his car, and I'm blown away. I'm like, yeah, got some worship. So I couldn't wait to talk to the guy. So the guy gets in the car, and just like Philip, I'm like, I'm going to ask this guy some questions. So he sits in his car, and I said, hey. Are you a believer? And he looks up in the rearview mirror at me, and I'm, I mean, I'm not a scary looking guy, but it's three in the morning, and I'm asking him, is he a believer? <laughs> I certainly didn't say, do you want to go fish for men? I didn't say that, so. I said, are you a believer? And he just looks up and I can see his eyes. And he said, yes. And I picked up on an accent. I said, that's awesome. I said, where are you from? He said, Ethiopia. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, I was just telling my friends about the Philip and the Ethiopian in Acts chapter 9. And he looks up at me and he stared at me. He goes, chapter 8. Chapter 8. 
I said, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure I didn't double check, but if I were from Ethiopia. But he lives right here in Dallas. We talked about his faith journey in the middle of the night. I get asked questions all the time, uh, but I got some questions the other day. I'm going to tell you this story. Uh, because it's too funny. Um, so I spoke, last week I spoke at a big business conference in Nashville. It's Dave Ramsey's uh, entrepreneur leadership thing, and I was really excited to be there to be one of the speakers. And so I spoke on like Thursday, and the next day uh, was a guy named Jordan Peterson. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, if you don't know, he's like the smartest guy in the world. He's Canadian, and uh, and so my wife's a big fan of his, and Corey was supposed to be there, but she wasn't able to make it. And so I hung around because I wanted to hear him speak, and, and I, I, I didn't understand a lot of what he said, but I, get, you know, I got his effort, and uh, uh, a little bit higher level, uh, grade level than mine. Um, so they said, Willie, we want you to meet Jordan. And, and I said, oh, Corey's going to be so excited. I'm going to get to meet him. So, so we go backstage. So he speaks. We're backstage, and I'm standing there. And we go over and they go, uh, hey, Jordan, this is Willie Robertson. And, and he goes, hello. And I can tell he doesn't know who I am at all. And he goes, hello. You know, and I say, hey, I said, good speech, man. Uh, my wife's a big fan of yours. Uh, that was cool. And so th- now we're going to have like some, some chit chat with Jordan Peterson. And uh, so he, here's the first question he asked. Uh, so, so what are you doing at the conference? <laughs> uh, normal question. I said, oh, hey, I was one of the speakers. Uh, it, he looked me up and down, like, and I knew what he was thinking, like, he goes, oh, oh, wow. Um, now, the second question is a little offensive. <laughs> he said, did you speak to the whole group? What? The whole... I think he thought there was like a maintenance section in the back. Like we were talking about tearing the tables and chairs down and... I'm like, yeah, I spoke the same stage you were on. I spoke. I wanted to say, welcome to America, Mr. Peterson, where guys like me can speak on the same stage as guys like you. But I didn't. I was like, yeah, anyway, we're just two speakers here talking. <laughs> so the third question, I got him. I got him on the third one. So then he said, well, what was your topic? Uh, and I looked at him as serious as I could, and I said, neuroscience and Canadian politics. <laughs> and for the first time in Jordan Peterson's life, he was speechless. And everybody starts laughing around us because they realize I'm jabbing at him. And he's looking at it, he doesn't get it on. I go, I'm just joking with you, man. I, I gave him some backwood business insights. And he was like, oh, okay, then they told him who I was. And then it all makes sense. But those were some funny questions that I got from Jordan Peterson. Um, There's two big questions in this story that I want you to pay attention to. Two big questions. Um, Again, questions are important. The the question when Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? 
What a great question. You know, sometimes I think we just ask the wrong questions to people. We don't ask good questions. So we can't dig down to actually have a great conversation because we start out with a bad question. That's a great question. Uh, like sometimes we may ask, like, we see someone and we're like, especially if we're really fired up, we go, hey, do you go to church? And I don't know what exactly we're, we're wanting the answer to be. Is it yes or no? If it's yes, it's like, oh, great, high five, brother. And then they walk down the road. If it's no, then we invite them to our church, right? But actually, guys, whether or not people go to a church at a certain place at a certain time really does not indicate whether or not they are a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. All right, that's a newsflash, okay? So it's probably a bad question, but it may could open something up. But he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? That's a great question. The other is when he says, tell me, is he talking about himself or someone else? That tells my ears he's searching. He's searching for something. Remember, he had gone to worship and was reading the Bible. Well, if I were to show, that's, okay, let me put it today, 2023, right outside this building. Someone leaves here, and they're at the stoplight reading their Bible. Well, I'm going to, I may even question the spirit going, are we sure here that this is the guy? Because he looks really fired up. But he still asks a question. He still asks a question, even though he looked like he was doing all the right things. So people, we got to make sure we dig in and ask the questions. Make sure we know, do people really know who Jesus Christ is? Even when our eyes tell us, well, they look fine. How many times does that happen? Go, well, I thought they were great. I saw him at church. And, yeah, and then what happens? There's something going on inside of their life. And we're going to start right here with that and think about this. Here's the question for you. Who or what is leading your life? Who or what is leading your life? Because the Bible tells us what was leading spirit. What was leading Philip? The spirit. The spirit led him to go down there. So my question for you is, who or what is leading your life? Is it the spirit of God leading your life or something else? Because Think about how your day starts out. What do you do every day? What do you do in the morning? How do you get prepared for the day? How do you get prepared for the week? Think about how much do you ask for the Spirit, to talk to the Spirit, to pray. When Nick was here, he talked about fasting and praying. Or how much do we get up and we start looking through emails and we start looking through social media and we start looking through all the things and we watch the news and we see what's happening in the government. No wonder we're all screwed up. Because we're being led by the wrong thing. That is leading us, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, I'm telling you, that leads us. Have you ever been led by your finances? Have you ever been led by how much money you have in your job? And I mean, we will literally build our whole week around a job and how much money we make. And we look at our kids and we wonder why they look at us going, is really this faith thing a big deal? Because a lot of what you guys talk about is finances, job, money. Does culture lead us? Social media leads you to tell you what to think? Have you ever looked up and been in the wrong place and been like, how did I get here? Are you led by fear? It wasn't too long ago when that COVID crisis hit, we found out who was led by fear, right? Bunch of people sat in here and said, bye, we're gone. 
led by fear. What does government and politics, what do they lead with? Fear. Finances. See how they motivate that? See how they push that? And then we look up and we're led by fear and we're scared to death. Some of you guys, I'm telling you, you're scared to death. You think literally our human existence is based on whoever becomes the next president or not. All right? That's not faith. That's not being led by the Spirit. That's being led by people and what we can see. you got to be led by the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Because it is so easy to get out of step with the Spirit. We are so distracted, especially the next generation. Can you imagine? I'm so glad I did not grow up with cell phones and social media and all this. It really is a blessing. Here's a little tip for you if you're unsure. When I'm led by the Spirit, I'm led to help other people. When I'm not being led by the Spirit, I tend to focus in on myself. So if you're focused in on yourself a lot, and you think about yourself a lot, and you and yours, and what's you got to get and all that, you're probably not being led by the Spirit of God. Philip here was led by the Spirit, not to work on his own stuff and become something better. He's led here to talk to someone else, a complete stranger, about Jesus Christ. All right? So what are we led by? Um, second question I want you to ask yourself do you lead people to Jesus? Do you point people to Jesus? Do you know how to point people to Jesus? Do you know where to start at pointing people to Jesus? Because the, st- the Spirit will lead us to point people to Jesus every time. That's where it's going to go. That's why I wrote the book. That's why as I read the New Testament, starting in Acts chapter 1 to 2 to go to all the way up, right here in eight, they're all just pointing people to Jesus. It all comes back to pointing people to Jesus. Philip knew that a changed life means to do what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? Well, I told you when he ran into Zacchaeus, Jesus said, I came to seek and save what was lost. What did Jesus say in Matthew 28 as he left? Hey, go and make disciples. Teach them. Jesus was always about other people. The very reason he was here was for other people. It wasn't for himself. This was not Philip's first time. If you go up in the first of uh, that chapter, it said he went in the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Then, Then Philip proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God. Those who accepted the name were baptized. Philip was doing this. His whole life was about getting the message of Jesus out. Was this a safe time? No. The chapter before, Stephen had just gotten stoned for doing the same thing. And COVID hits and we lose a ton of our people when there's a .000% chance that someone may get sick and may die whenever these guys had a 100% chance of dying for their faith? Are you kidding? He knew the word. He started with that very passage in Isaiah and did what? Told him the good news about Jesus Christ. You ever thought about this? What if he'd have said, what you reading there? Do you understand that? No, I don't. Where you at? Isaiah. Oh, shoot. (laughs) I don't know that either. (laughs) Let me read along with you. 
These dudes knew the word. If you're going to share Jesus with other people, you probably need to know what Jesus said, okay? So you're probably going to have to crack open the Bible, get on something, and read. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Willie, I think you're like, we're not supposed to be the ones out sharing. Isn't that the pastor's job? Like, we're just regular old church people. I think sometimes we think about these people differently than how people looked at them there. Like, when we think of uh, Peter and John and Paul, we're like, oh, these are like the biggest people in the New Testament. They're like seminary trained. They may have a collar on, like you know when they walk in the room. Acts chapter 4, uh, 13 says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Well, do we have any unschooled and ordinary people here? Jordan Peterson thought I was the one for sure. <laughs> well, if you're like me, that's what their peers thought of them. We got to get out of this thinking like there's some holy, holy people, and then there's us regular people, and the, the Spirit, most of it goes to them, and we get a little bit. No, 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 no. We all are led by the Spirit. We all can tell people about Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, when Gateway really gets churning, most of the sermons will be coming from all of you guys out there, not just here. And lastly, do we really care about people? Do we, care, do we really care about people? I know they make it really hard. People make it so hard to actually care for them. Oh, they're so repulsive. <laughs> for real. But do we really care about people? I mean, when the Spirit's leading you up to talk to a stranger in a chariot, Ooh, that's hard, huh? Uh, that's really difficult. But really when it comes down to it, we've got to care about other people. Let me tell you about two people. We're making a movie. We just made a movie, actually. Um, the movie will be out September 28th. It's called The Blind. It is the story of my parents when they crossed that line of faith and the journey that they had to get there. And I'm going to tell you, it's, uh, it's hard for me to watch. I never realized how that could have went either way. I mean, I could have been a completely different person with a completely different life. And there was two people, my parents made the difference in my life. The reason I'm standing up here talking to you today is because I, my two parents lived together. I saw them. They had faith. They loved the Lord. They still do. Last week on Father's Day, I went to see my dad at his church. He's still teaching his Bible class. And he didn't even make one mention that I was there. He just got up, hammered the gospel out, just like he does. At 77 years old. And it was, it was so inspiring to me to see that as I grew up going, I want to be that same one. I want to do that same thing because I trust in the Word. I study the Word just like he did. But then to go back and when you're watching this movie, you realize, man, that almost didn't happen. Phil was so far away from the Lord. He was a terrible dad. He was a terrible husband. He'd gotten fired from his job. And really, most everybody in life had given up on him. He'd kicked mom, myself. I was the youngest kid. He kicked all of us out of the house. And he was running with the devil, for sure. 
But there was two people that cared about him. One was his sister, Aunt Jan. Jan was a Bible-toting, holy-roller person who was not going to give up on her brother. And she had asked question after question after question. And it wasn't resonating with her brother. So she goes to this preacher and she says, will you go study the Bible? Will you go share with my brother the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I'm sure this preacher was like, yeah, we're just telling him to come to church. No, he ain't come to church. Well, we can meet him somewhere. Well, he runs a bar. Oh, which bar in town? It's not even in this town. It's in Arkansas. And that preacher got in that car and drove to that bar and sat down with a young 28-year-old Phil Robertson to preach him the good news about Jesus. He was led by the Spirit, and he showed him Jesus. And my, my, my aunt, she told that preacher, she said, if you convert Phil, he'll convert thousands. Now, how did she know that? This guy was a horrible guy, but somehow... Because she was led by the Spirit, she saw that and saw this guy can turn around. And the movie portrays that story and this dramatic thing where Phil actually gives it up and obeys the gospel. And I'm so thankful to those two people who lived changed lives. They didn't live a life that got changed years ago and say, we try to go to church and do the best we can. They actively pursued Phil and Kay. Both of those people came to the Lord. When they come to the Lord, their kids grow up in the church. I'm one of them. I'm here. If we're not here, if actually if that doesn't happen, I don't meet Corey. We don't have these kids. All these ministries doesn't happen. There's no duck commander. There's no duck dynasty. None of that happens. The evil one wins. But for two people living changed lives, led by the Spirit, went, got in a car, drove to a bar, preached the gospel... Hundreds of millions of people have been exposed now. If nothing else, then a prayer that was at the end of a show, a little reality show, if nothing else, right there, the gospel got its way out there. That's what happens. That's why I never give up on anybody because I never know who that next person is. Who is that person out there? who is so lost and seems so far away, that's why we have to care about people. Because we are those people. Because we're no better than any of the people that we rant and rave about. We're no better. Our sin is sin. It needs forgiven. It needs a healer. We all need Jesus. But who exactly is going to tell people about this? And I'm telling you, Jesus said, it's us. We're the ones. We're the ones who are going to do that. <laughs> As I wrap it up here, so I was so excited when Jake got baptized in that cow pond. We get in the car, and I had a little camera guy with me, and, and I, was, <laughs> I was like, that's what it's all about. This is what life's about. It's about sharing the gospel. I look over at this guy, and he's just crying. He said, Willie, I don't know what exactly I just saw, but I know I don't have it. I said, well, are you ready to, you want to sit down and have a little talk? He said, yeah. So we got through talking. I said, hey, go back that cow pond. He said, I think there's better ways than the cow pond. <laughs> so in a bathtub in my buddy's house, 
which is a little tricky. It's like frying a turkey. You've got to make sure the water level's right. <laughs> this guy gets baptized with everybody in hunting camp watching. And that was cool that when he said, look, here's water, when the Ethiopian said, why shouldn't I be baptized? Um, and it was so cool being there for these moments right there. Because I didn't go away and say, hey, figure it out one day. You know, here's the gospel. We got Jesus. And I want it to happen right there. And these people did as well. And I'm telling you, don't be the person that walks in this service and you have questions and you just don't ask them. Don't be the person that looks like you're doing the right thing. You're going to church. You're worshiping God. But you have no clue who Jesus is. Do not walk out of this place. Do not walk out of wherever you're at another second without asking a question. What exactly is this all about? And I hope you become, if, if you're one who you feel like there's no way you can tell others, I hope you make a commitment right today and say, I'm going to figure out how to talk to other people. It's not just a gift. I'm not gifted because I talk about my wife because we're married. If I told her I only talk about you if I'm gifted in that, she would say, hang on, buddy. We, you talk about me all the time. And we talk about each other, and that's the way it is. And that's the way this walk is with the Spirit. We're together. I can't help but talk about it because it's changed my life so drastically. It's changed my family's life so drastically. So become the type of person who, no matter what, you constantly have the name of Jesus on your list. Be led by the Spirit and care about people. I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you so much for everybody listening all across the Gateway community. I pray for people in bad situations. I pray for all those who have made mistakes. I pray for those who are confused. I pray for us who are fired up, who want to see the gospel get out. No matter what the situation, Father, I pray for all of us that you can teach us and lead us by your Spirit. Open our mouths that we can share Jesus Christ with people. Father, help us deeply to care about people just like you did. We love you. Father, I pray that when people see the movie, I pray that they'll be moved towards you. Thank you so much for this community. Thank you so much for the staff here and all the people who work all around these campuses, all over the country. Father, we give you the glory. This Summer of Giants is about our giant, which is you, our Father, our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit. Lead us more as we leave this place or wherever we're leaving from. Help us have Jesus on our lips wherever we go. Through that name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 71010 or visit gatewaypeople.com. We hope you have a great week.